Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, let's talk about desperation. Head coach Chris Finch talked about how the team was no longer desperate after the Wolves' most recent loss. We'll talk about what that means in the context of the schedule. Also, how the Timberwolves are still playing to their competition, which was a common theme last season. I'll explain what I mean by that. And then finally, we'll preview the Wolves-Rockets game here on Friday night. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are uh, back out on the road to take on the Houston Rockets for the first time this season here tonight. We'll preview that matchup. First time we've seen the Rockets, so lots to talk about. We'll get to that toward the end of the show here today. A uh, lot to get to. First, though, I want to talk about Chris Finch's postgame comments about desperation from Wednesday night, and then also, in my opinion, how the Wolves have been playing to their competition this year, which isn't usually a good thing. It's something that was a, a common issue last season, but I'll explain what I mean by that here in just a minute. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. Um, so after the Timberwolves lost to the Pelicans on Wednesday, which... And it ended up just being an 11-point loss. It was 24 was the deficit at one point early in the fourth quarter. It never, it really didn't feel close from pretty much the, the latter stages of the third quarter on. Um, and after the game, Chris Finch had a quote that he said, we got to get our desperation back. He said uh, something to the effect of that he doesn't think they played with much purpose. I'm paraphrasing a little, but... He, I know he said the word purpose. The Timberwolves haven't played with a lot of purpose since the Sacramento Kings game, which was two days before Christmas, December 23rd, that Saturday night game. He said, we've been in second gear since then. And then talked about how the team wasn't very sharp in the loss to the Pelicans. And a performance like that had kind of basically been in the works for a while since that Kings win. Now, since then, if you include the Kings game, the Wolves have been 3-3. Three and three. And I would say they've only had one comfortable win. The Kings win was relatively comfortable, but it was more because the Kings didn't play well versus the Wolves playing well. Um, although they certainly did some good things in that game. I mean, you hold Sacramento to 98 points. You did some good stuff. The Thunder loss was not particularly close. The Mavericks win was a fairly easy win in that they won by eight and they dominated nearly every statistical statistical category. However, the turnovers were so bad that it took it from being probably what should have been a 20-point win to just an 8-point win. They squeaked by against the Lakers and, and you know, pretty literally by centimeters, millimeters. Um, you know, if that LeBron shots a three, I mean, do, do we really think the Wolves win that game in overtime? Maybe. I mean, the Lakers haven't been playing well, but that was a, a barely win. 
the Knicks game was obviously, you know, really good at the start, really nice comeback, but everything else about it was pretty gross, even though it ended up only being a six point loss. Then the Pelicans game, as I've already mentioned, could have easily been a 20 plus point deficit when it was all said and done instead of the 11 point final deficit. So Finch was right. I mean, like even just, you know, rattling off those games, the Mavs one is the only one that would be anything close to what we were used to seeing early in the season. And even that was a much sloppier performance than anybody would have liked to have seen. Now, and also I should say, the way Chris Finch characterized all of this made a ton of sense to me. Um, Like there's been good moments offensively. The defense overall has actually still been pretty decent, save for a few moments here and there. But you go down the line, like obviously the last couple games they've given up a lot of points. But beside that, the defense has been okay. It hasn't been as good as it was. The offense, though, especially due to turnovers, because the last couple of games just simply missing open shots and a lack of urgency, or as Chris Finch put it, there's no desperation, which I, I really like. I mean, I, I often talk on this show about a lack of urgency because that's a, that's a, I don't know, I think it's a good way to put it. But Chris Finch escalating that adjective to, to um, to call it desperation, I think is really interesting. The Timberwolves are still the number one team in the Western Conference, and you wouldn't think a team that's number one should would necessarily be desperate, but Chris Finch's point is you have to play desperate all the time. Carl Anthony Towns had a similar quote, or at least was getting at a similar sentiment post-game when he talked about not being bored with success, which is, a you know, it's a, it's a common thing to... Uh, it's it's not a, an idea unique to Carl Anthony Towns' post-game comments, but basically the Wolves have to be okay with being bored with success. They're not they're not the Denver Nuggets, right? Denver won a championship last year. They can afford to coast a little bit. And even still, they're only a game behind the Wolves right now. They're actually tied in the win column and have just played two more games. So they're two back in the loss column. Denver can afford to be bored with quote unquote bored with success because they just won a championship and they've got the best player on the planet on their team. The Timberwolves aren't in that position. So I think Towns comments and Finch's comments are really astute. And maybe if the schedule had been as soft as it was for a couple of weeks there, that run of games, I mean, look at, look at, uh, you know, just prior to this tough stretch, it was Utah, Charlotte, San Antonio, Memphis before John Morant came back. Tough New Orleans loss. And then, you know, I guess the wins against Dallas, Indiana, and, and Miami were all impressive. Uh, but still, like that soft stretch, like you play like the Wolves have played the last couple of weeks against the Jazz, the Hornets, the Spurs, and the Grizzlies. You're going to win at least three out of four, right? And here in about a week, the schedule lightens up considerably as well. We talked about that the other day. And you can get away with this. This is perhaps the best possible time for Minnesota to have to have this, um, I guess, recalibration. Because the next four games are brutal. At Houston Friday, Houston's a top five defense. They're really good at home. At Dallas on Sunday, which is certainly a winnable game, but Dallas is a good team. At Orlando Tuesday, which if you haven't paid attention to the Magic, they're a playoff team this year. And then the back-to-back Wednesday night at Boston, it's, it doesn't get any tougher than playing the best team in the league on a road back-to-back, traveling all the way up the coast from Florida to Boston. That's a tough four games. And if the Wolves don't get their act together, they could easily lose three of those four. 
Now, I said on Wednesday's Minnesota basketball party, I predicted, including the New Orleans game, we took the the Pelicans, Rockets, uh, Mavs, and Magic as a group and said, how would you, how would the Wolves do in those four? I said three and one, and if Zion lost, they would lose to New Orleans, but potentially, but probably win the next three. But I was also worried about the Orlando matchup. So I didn't think in my prediction, and I still don't, that the Wolves would be any worse than two and two in this stretch. But if they play the way they ended up playing against the Pelicans, I thought they'd lose to the Pels if Zion played. I didn't think they'd lose in the way that they did. I thought it would be more competitive than it really was. If they play that way, they're not going to win a game on this road trip. They just aren't. So this is maybe the right moment because in a week, things lighten up considerably. And you can get away with playing this way, perhaps, and still come away with some wins, right? They have Portland a week from today for the first time this year, which is also weird. The Clippers for the first time this year, they're, of course, playing better. But then you get Detroit, you get Memphis, who, yeah, started playing better, but now they've lost a few, and you get the Thunder. But then you also have the Hornets, the Wizards, the Nets, the Spurs. That's four straight games in late January. Charlotte, Washington, Brooklyn, San Antonio. The Wolves play all the league's worst teams this month, including teams they haven't even seen yet with Portland, Detroit, Washington, and Brooklyn. So now is the time for the Wolves to to right the ship, to play better against good competition. And again, since this stretch started, going all the way back to that first New Orleans game on December 11th, the Timberwolves have gone seven and four, or seven and five, excuse me, which is acceptable against all playoff competition. In fact, I would say the only losses that weren't acceptable, like the Philly loss happens, right? The first New Orleans loss, that was a weird Zion, you know, crazy free throw game, 40 free throws for the Pelicans, whatever. The Philly game, and Bede's really good. Lots of free throws in that game, fine. The Knicks game, not great, but it happens on the road, whatever. The two, the only two real bad ones in there are the Thunder loss that, that wasn't super competitive because of all the turnovers, and then this Pelicans loss, which even though it was only 11 points, it easily could have been 20. Besides that, 9-7 and seven over the last 16 isn't bad. A couple of back-to-backs, a lot of road games. In fact, only five home games in that stretch of 16 games, and they still go 9-7 and seven against all playoff teams. So the sky is not exactly falling, but now is the right time to like I said, recalibrate, to, to have a bit of that desperation, as Chris Finch put it, to be bored with success, as Carl Anthony Towns put it. Win three out of the next four, accepting that you're probably not going to win both Orlando and Boston. You just probably aren't. But you got to win in Houston. You got to win in Dallas. And you got to split those two against the Magic and the Celtics. And obviously that Orlando game is more winnable, but I actually think the Wolves match up better against Boston than they do against the Magic. Clearly Boston's the better team, but... In terms of the actual matchup, Orlando is going to be tough. We'll talk about that next week. Anyway, all right. Uh, I want to get to a couple of, actually, a related topic about the Wolves playing to their competition. I want to talk about what I mean by that. It's not quite the same as what I would have said last year. And then we'll close the show by looking at that Wolves-Rockets matchup. We'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Hiring is super important, and uh, LinkedIn is the absolute best way to do it. It's the best way where you can have the most candidates in the right spot 
And uh, LinkedIn can absolutely help you do all that heavy lifting. Plus, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, a billion with a B. That makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's 2024 now. It's the right time to find the right team member that might help you achieve what your goals are for your business in 2024. And LinkedIn is the perfect place. It's exactly why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is also brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we all get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of simply expanding on what we're already doing right. Uh, maybe it's cleaning up, organizing a little bit, and you got a little bit done, but you want to tackle the rest of it. Maybe you're trying to be healthier, so you're taking supplements, but now you actually want to eat breakfast and eat a healthy breakfast too. Well, therapy can help you find your strengths, so you can actually ditch those extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick, which is always the key for me. Resolutions are tricky. If you aim too big, it's easy to miss and get discouraged and, and lose you know, whatever that resolution is by the end of the, uh, of the month or prior to January, excuse me, prior to February. Um, and you know, therapy is one of the things, one of those things that can help you to borrow a word from earlier, recalibrate what you're doing. If you're thinking of starting therapy, consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash MBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Lockdown NBA. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, continuing the show, talking a little bit of Timberwolves playing to their competition. And what I mean by that, so what I, what, if you followed last year's team, what that would mean is playing poorly against bad teams, playing well against good teams overall, like as a general rule. And that happened quite a bit last year. The Wolves actually played the league's best teams. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. It's a weird thing to try and pull, but basically the Wolves played the league's best teams, like that call them the top four teams of each conference, right around 500, which is a really good mark, especially for a team that finished just at 42-40 as a team, as, you know, themselves to, to barely be above 500. However, they played the bottom feeders, the likes of Detroit, Charlotte, Washington, San Antonio. They played all those teams last year to a below 500 record. Like if you take the actual worst four teams in the league, I believe the Wolves record was like four and eight or like five and nine, something terrible like that against the league's worst teams. And, you know, one of those common refrains for people that followed the team last year was, hey, if the Wolves just flipped that record and to go eight and four against the league's worst teams wouldn't have been crazy for a team that was a playoff team last year. Like this team all of a sudden is like a five seed instead of an eight seed. Like seriously, that's all it would have taken. 
those problems haven't cropped up yet this year. The Wolves haven't lost to, I think the only below 500 team the Wolves have lost to is Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that hasn't necessarily been the issue. So when I say, is that true? I'm just making sure that that's true. Yeah, they lost to Toronto. Atlanta's currently below 500 too. So Toronto and Atlanta. So two of their first three games of the season, they lost to teams that are currently below 500. Although right now Atlanta's actually in position to be the final play-in team in the East. Um, since then, they've only lost to good teams and they've mostly beaten good teams because they have the best record in the Western Conference. So one of the best teams in the league. But when I say they're playing to their competition, what I mean by that is they're playing to their um, to their competition on each end of the floor specifically. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the Wolves actually had the best record in the league against top 10 offenses and the best record in the league against top 10 defenses, which is absolutely true. However, and it's also still true, by the way, even, even though the team's not playing as good here recently. However, the Wolves offense overall right now According to basketball references, 21st in offensive efficiency, which depending on where you look, like cleaning the glass takes out garbage time minutes. You know, they're they're gonna give a little bit of a better mark. But no matter how you slice it or dice it, the Wolves are somewhere between 17th and 21st in overall offense sitting here right now, which is it's it's not acceptable for a team that that thinks they're that should be and, and is by record one of the best two teams in the entire league. But it's obviously not sustainable. Like if they're still the 20th best offense on February 4th, this team's not going to be number one in the West. There's no question about it. Like the offense has has begun backsliding or kept backsliding, and the team is mostly stagnated over the last couple of weeks. That trend, if that continues, the Wolves will be down in third or fourth in the West if the offense keeps playing like they have. But to make matters even more frustrating, over at Cleaning the Glass, I sorted by... Uh, for teams facing the league's bottom 10 defenses in rank. So what do you think the Wolves offense has done against the league's bottom 10 defenses? Well, as a team, the Wolves have gone 7-2 and two against the league's worst defenses, but it's not because their offense has been fantastic. It's because their defense has continued to be good. In fact, the Timberwolves offense this year against the league's 10 worst defenses has a... Um, an offensive rating of just 116.5 per 100 possessions. That's below league average, which would be 120 points. And it's 24th out of 30 teams against the league's worst defenses. So they've played down to their competition. Now there's other, obviously there's a little bit of, there's other factors that matter there, right? Like I think of Charlotte, like Charlotte's a bad defensive team that plays fast and the Wolves were able to beat them simply by outscoring them. But it was really more because their defense did enough against a, a Charlotte team that's good and or, or not good, not good, has a good offense and plays fast, right? But a terrible defense. So ultimately, the Wolves won that game for those reasons, simply because there were more possessions and they were able to stop Charlotte enough times in the half court. You know, that's going back several weeks now. But that that would be my example of how this can get all wonky. So against the league's bottom 10 defenses, the Wolves have a bottom six offense which is so bizarre for a team that is still third of the way through the season, number one in the Western Conference. Take the middle 10 defenses, and the Wolves are actually 13th in offensive rating against the middle 10 defenses, which is weird. But then you look at the top 10 defenses, and it's pretty much what you'd expect. They're 16th against the top 10 defenses. So 
They're middle of the pack against the best in the middle defenses, but their offense against the league's worst defenses is actually not not good at all. It's the sixth worst offense against the league's top, top 10, or excuse me, bottom 10 defenses. So again, playing to their competition. On the flip side of things, the defense in a good way is playing to their competition. Against the leagues, this is the same thing we covered a couple of weeks ago, but this still holds true. Against the league's top 10 offenses, Minnesota has the number one defense, a defensive rating of 110.3 points per 100 possessions. They're 8-4 and four overall, and they were I think they were 7-0 and oh until this recent run. They're 8-4 and four overall record-wise against the teams that have a top 10 offense. But again, the number one defense against the league's top 10 offenses. Again, playing to the competition. Now, of course, the Wolves have the league's best defense season season long, so this maybe isn't surprising, but they're ranked fifth in defensive rating against the league's middle 10 offenses. And if we look at the bottom 10 offenses, Minnesota ranks fourth. So again, playing to the competition, obviously top five, no matter how you slice or dice it. But against the league's best offenses, the Wolves play their best defense. Against the league's worst defense, defenses, they actually play their worst offense. So even though overall, the macro look at things says, okay, well, the Wolves are what 24-9 right now. Is that right? Yeah, 24-9. So they can't simply be playing to their competition. But if you drill down a bit further, they are. And the, the there's no excuse for this Wolves offense with Carl Thitty Towns and Anthony Edwards and those guys largely being healthy, missing a couple games here and there. There's no excuse for this team to be 21st in offense. And now we'll talk about the Houston matchup next. That's a tough defense to play against that they're going to face now tonight. And uh, now they should score a ton of points against Dallas. But um, this offense has to get itself straightened out. And it would be good to do that now and then beat up on some bad teams over the rest of the month of January. And, you know, be ready. They play Oklahoma City two more times this month too. Be ready to keep pace with the Thunder as they try and lock up what could be a really important tiebreaker when it comes to be playoff time. All right, uh, let's talk Wolves Rockets. Uh, we'll do that here next. That's how we'll close out the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our new friends over at Hunger Root. Trying to eat a little healthier in 2024, Hunger Root is here to rescue you from short-lived resolutions by making meal planning easy and nutritious. Build healthy habits that won't disappear by February with Hunger Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask what flavors you like, which kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind and start building your cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your taste. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. The best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole, trusted ingredients. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you'll actually love with Hungry Root. 
Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners 40% off your first delivery plus free veggies. Go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. All right, uh, let's talk Wolves-Rockets matchup. Actually, before we do that, I forgot to mention this off the top, and, and I just I feel like I need to. Um, obviously, I have to acknowledge... Uh, Got the uh, the jersey back here, my guy Ricky Rubio. Uh, probably my second favorite Timberwolf of all time. Um, sitting here right now, like you know, Jimmy Butler may have gotten there had he not uh, done what he did and played longer. But I mean, Kevin Garnett, obviously number one. Group watching KG, Ricky Rubio for a number of reasons. But the I think the 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 draft night um, euphoria when the Wolves drafted Rubio, the hype surrounding Rubio, the 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 hope he gave Wolves fans when he came over during an era of Wolves basketball that was so dark and it was kind of right in the middle of it just being awful and Rubio coming and, you know, pairing with Kevin Garnett at the end of Garnett's career and all the, you know, obviously that the, the Rubio rookie season, the lockout shortened year before the torn ACL, all that stuff, the memories of Rubio and then him coming back, which wasn't, you know, quite as joyous the second time around, but it was also awesome to have him back. And legitimately he's one of the best, what top 10 Timberwolves of all time, just in terms of like, he's my second favorite Timberwolf. I know he's not the second best Timberwolf of all time, but he's a top 10 Timberwolf, right? Like no matter how you slice it, like I, I this isn't, I don't want to do a whole podcast on this now. Maybe this is a good one for the off season, but like depending on how you want to wait, you know, uh, performance versus, um, versus longevity, right? Like uh, Kevin Arnett, Carlton Towns, Kevin Love are probably your top three. And then obviously you could talk Jimmy Butler. Um, you could talk, uh, yeah, I don't know, going way back, like Tom Gugliotta, you know, other guys that have made all-star teams uh, that were on the team for shorter. Sam Cassell was a, a shorter period of time, but obviously very memorable. You talk about Wally Zerbiak. Like there's, there's a whole list of guys. And then of course now more recently, we could even start including, you know, Rudy Gobert and now Anthony Edwards. But you talk about like overall the full package of longevity performance and what they meant to the team. Ricky Rubio is easily top 10 in Wolves history. I don't think there's any question about that. So obviously he, he announced um, he, he announced himself in his statement that he was stepping away from basketball for good. Of course he'd stepped away initially over the summer due to mental health concerns. Um, and you know, now he's reached a buyout with the Cavaliers. Cleveland needed the roster spot. So uh, Ricky is, is bowing out and, um, you know, hopefully he's he's getting you know taking care of himself. He said in a statement that things are improving, but and that someday he'll he'll talk more about his experience. So you know, obviously wish the best for Ricky and uh, you know for for Ricky the person and um, you know hopefully he's he's happy and, and he's in Spain where he wants to be. Obviously he had uh, tragedy with his mom and you know not too long ago, just a few years ago, and it was always tough for him to be away from Spain. So. You know, my best to Ricky. Hopefully things go well for for him here moving forward and and hopefully we see him stateside at some point for for something down the down the road, whether it's a I don't know if it's a jersey retirement or, you know, celebrating a Timberwolves championship, you know, uh or or some other NBA type event. But um, you know, wish the best for Ricky here moving forward and, and glad that it sounds like he's doing better. All right. Um Let's close the show by talking Wolves Rockets. And uh, this is the first time, like I mentioned, that we've seen Houston this season, which is very weird considering they're in the Western Conference and we are cl- we're within eight games of the midway point of the season. But yet here we are not having seen the Houston Rockets to this point. 
I think it's actually um, a, not a bad matchup for Minnesota. Houston hasn't played as well recently as they had for a while. Uh, they're four and six in their last 10. They still have a really good defense. They're still 14 and five at home. So even though they've struggled a bit more lately, they're one of the league's best home teams. Um, and, uh, you know, I, but the matchup itself isn't all too bad for Minnesota. I'm going to throw up my keys to the game here on YouTube if you're watching the, the graphics up there. Um, number one for me against Houston is getting to the free throw line. The reason why I say that is Houston commits a lot of fouls. Their defense has been good. It's been top five pretty much all year right now. On basketball reference, it's third in defensive rating. Of course, the Wolves are still holding down that number one spot, although barely. And uh, Houston is Houston's third. They've uh, had one of the league's best effective field goal percentages against all season. It's currently second. They actually also have the, um, the league's best three-point percentage against. Teams are shooting under 33% against them from deep. I will talk more about that here in a minute. But they foul a bunch. They're actually third, third worst. They're 28th in free opponent free throw rate. So they give up a ton of free throw attempts. They're 28th in personal fouls committed per game. Um, so they foul a bunch. And Minnesota, in general, for a lot of the year, actually hadn't done a great job getting to the line. They've done it a bunch more recently. The Wolves are actually fifth in team free throw right now. And we've seen Ant get to the free throw line. I think he's been double-digit free throw attempts each of the last three games. So Minnesota's doing a much, much, much better job here recently of getting to the line. And that bodes well against a team like Houston that defends the three-point line well and generally defends shooting zones well. We'll talk more about that again in a minute. But they do let you get to the line. So that's going to be a key for Minnesota. It should be a Wolves strength against a Rockets weakness. And, and that's an area for Minnesota that they should be able to win big. My second key on here is something that is obvious and probably should be, you know, key to every basketball game ever of all time, which is just make open jumpers. And the reason I have that on here is we've been wringing our hands about turnover issues and for good reason over the last several weeks. The last couple of games, turnovers actually haven't been that bad. There were moments early in the next game that were bad, but for the most part, it wasn't too terrible. The Pelicans game turnovers were not the issue. And um, it was more just missing open shots. And this is a Wolves team that like in general has shot the ball well this year. Um, you know, they're uh, what three point percentage. The Wolves are actually fifth in, in percentage, although the attempts aren't where they need to be. Ants up over 30 and a half percent. Now cats over 40% still from three. He's, you know, cats still shooting 50, 40, 89 on the season. Um, this team shoots the ball well in general, but they've been missing open jumpers. Cat didn't shoot the ball well from three the other day. It was over four from deep. Role players missed a bunch of open shots like Minnesota. They just have to make open shots when they get those opportunities. And especially against a team like Houston that defends the three point line well and doesn't give up all that many open attempts. The other reason why making open jumpers is really important is that Houston doesn't actually give up that many rim attempts. And part of that is because of the perimeter defense and also the deterrence in the paint that Houston can provide too. Um, they don't block a ton of shots, but they have size on this team. And, you know, Dylan Brooks didn't play the other night. I think he's questionable for this game. Like, he's obviously a good perimeter defender. You've got other guys that can that can keep you from penetrating against them. But the overall uh, frequency of rim attempts against them, they're actually fourth in the fourth best in the league at uh, deterring at the rim. Or, or I guess, um, they allow only 30% of their opponent's shots to come at the rim. And in terms of accuracy... 
because they don't block that many shots, they're actually only 16th in rim percentage and, and they're bottom five in terms of block shots per game. So um, if you get into the paint and you get to the rim, you can score against them. But their perimeter defense is going to make things difficult for you. So if you get open shots in the perimeter, knock them down. If you're able to get past that first line of defense, get into the paint. And, and and get fouled, right? Like that's another layer to this is Houston does commit a lot of fouls as we've already addressed. So um, all that is uh, is legitimate coming into this game against Houston. Knock down those open shots, get to the free throw line. And the last thing is on the other side of the floor, protect the paint against the Houston Rockets. Um, I, like shooting wise, you look at what Houston does. Um, they are middle of the pack in terms of percentage. Uh, offensively, they, they're middle of the pack in terms of getting to the free throw line. Their offense as a unit is 19th, so they're right around where Minnesota is. So pretty much, you just don't want to give up anything easy in the paint. Um, Frequency-wise, Houston is 15th at getting to the rim offensively in terms of, in terms of shot attempts at the rim. And uh, accuracy-wise, they're only 27th. So they're actually not that good at the rim, but that's why it's so important. Don't allow them to get those easy shots. Continue to make their life difficult, and they're more likely to 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 kind of not necessarily fold or cave, but force them into those tougher shots from the perimeter where they're a bit spottier. Um, and uh, you know, do what you do best if you're the Wolves, which is defend the paint. Um, they've gotten a little bit away from that, but this is a team Minnesota should be able to dominate inside. And uh, if they can, you know, if Ant can can keep the the his foot on the pedal and get into the paint, force the officials to make some calls, the Rockets are going to foul them, and the Wolves should pick up some easy points that way. And then on the other end of the floor, don't make things easy for Houston. Force them into tough perimeter shots, contest shots like you have all season. Um, one other thing real quick is that Minnesota and Houston have the league's best effective field goal percentages against. And um, the difference is, we, we did a couple weeks ago, I talked about the Wolves' defensive shot profile and how it's the best in the league. They avoid... They do not allow very many corner threes. They do a pretty good job at not uh, at defending without fouling. Houston gives up more corner threes than Minnesota does and more above the break threes. And the disparity between the shot profile they allow and what is actually um, happening against them is greater than Minnesota's. Like Minnesota's is like the fourth best shot profile and the best defense. And Houston is like the eighth best shot profile and the second best effective field goal percentage against. So there's been a little bit more luck for Houston than there has been for Minnesota when it comes to you know the opponent effective field goal percentage. I think that's important to note. It's it's marginal, but a little bit more luck. So all that to say, this is a winnable game. I think the Wolves will beat Houston on Friday night. Um, I also think that they'll win on Sunday against Dallas. I think they'll beat Dallas for, what would this be, the third time already? Um, so the next couple of games are very winnable. Our next show, we'll do the next regular Lockdown Wolf show will be on Monday. So it will be actually a post-game pod following the Dallas game Sunday. You know, I'll note anything significant that happens Friday. Um, there will be a live postcast following Wolves Rockets on Friday night as well on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. And the audio will be right here on Lockdown Wolves. But my next show will be Monday morning following Wolves Mavs. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen or perhaps your first watch every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast. 
and we'll catch you next time.